and welcome to AJC's Passport, a weekly podcast where we examine political events, the people driving them, and what it all means for the Jewish community. I'm your host, Sethi Kogan. In 2001, Princeton University historian Jan Gross published a book entitled Neighbors, The Destruction of the Jewish Community in Jedwabne, Poland. In it, he detailed how Polish Christians, not the occupying German Nazi forces, murdered as many as 1,600 Jews in the summer of 1941. Gross is a world-renowned historian and one-time recipient of Poland's Order of Merit, and Neighbors was a groundbreaking work. But the precedent for examining Polish complicity in the Holocaust was established a decade earlier. In 1991, then-President Lech Walesa appeared before Israel's parliament in Jerusalem and took the first steps toward improving Polish-Israeli relations. Here in Israel, Valenza said, the land of your culture and revival, I ask for your forgiveness. But on the eve of International Holocaust Remembrance Day, the lower chamber of the Polish parliament passed a new law that criminalizes blaming the, quote, Polish nation, for crimes committed during the Holocaust. It was adopted by the Senate this week and awaits President Andrzej Duda's signature to become law. The bill has provoked the worst crisis in Polish-Israeli relations since the resumption of diplomatic ties in 1990. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu slammed the bill as, quote, baseless, saying, one cannot change history, and the Holocaust cannot be denied. In a Twitter exchange with the Polish embassy in Israel, Yair Lapid, leader of Israel's Yesh Atid party, spoke out sharply, My grandmother was murdered in Poland by Germans and Poles, Lapid wrote. I don't need Holocaust education from you. We live with the consequences every day in our collective memory. Lapid closed by demanding, quote, an immediate apology. Here to explain the situation, its implications, and the global response is Gosha Weiss, AJC Senior Associate for Polish-Jewish Affairs. Gosha, thank you for joining us. Sure, my pleasure. In order to understand this legislation, I think it'll help to understand the government that created it. This kind of measure didn't exactly come out of nowhere, did it? No, definitely not. So Poland elected uh, two years ago the Law and Justice Party, which has a majority in the parliament, and also the president is affiliated with that party. It's a nationalist, right-wing, sort of Eurosceptical party. They ran on a platform in which they claimed that the previous government since the peaceful transformation of Poland from communism to democracy did not do a good job in terms of making Poles feel proud of their history. They even used the terms such as Poland is going to stand up from its knees and face the world uh, proudly. That has repercussions in our relationships in Poland, relationships with the EU. Another term that was used and is still used by the ruling party is pedagogy, pedagogy of shame. So that what was taught was the Polish people were asked to feel ashamed of their history. And they ran on the platform of wanting to reverse it. So that's the context 
in which we see this legislation see the light. Gosha, what is the best argument for the bill? Why would someone think that it was a good idea? So the best argument presented by the lawmakers is to act against the use of the term Polish concentration camps, Polish death camps. It's a term that is used once in a while. It's not widespread, but once in a while is used, especially in English-speaking media. When it happens, it usually is a shorthand. In English, when you say Polish concentration camp, it may mean run organized by Poland, but it also may mean a designation of the geographical location. But no matter why this term is used in the media, it's very hurtful for the Polish people. Polish people lost almost 3 million civilians. 3 million Polish lives were lost in World War II at the hands of Nazis. Thousands of Poles died in Nazi concentration camps. And so for Poles to hear this term used is enraging, it's hurtful, and it's also plain wrong. The concentration camps, death camps, were thought of, organized by, maintained, run by Nazi Germany. And it also makes Polish side feel particularly enraged when they hear such terms used because uh, Poland was actually one of the few countries that did not have any collaboration with the Nazis on the governmental level. There was no government side collaborating with the Nazis. So over the years, the Polish foreign ministry, NGOs, others, have been trying to do something to educate the wider public abroad why the use of this term is really wrong. So, So this legislation is really directed at this kind of the use of this term, which Polish lawmakers may feel is defaming Poland. Now, where is the problem? The language of the legislation does not specifically speak to this term. It is way broader than this. It speaks of penalizing claims that Poland or Polish citizens bear responsibility for any Holocaust crime. So it makes it much broader, which in turn makes many people feel like it thwarts any discussion, any mention of situations where Polish citizens, members of the Polish community, Polish nation during World War II, did indeed do horrible things for, uh, for Jews. There are a lot of actually historical research is still ongoing on the subject, but, but we know that during the war, the most famous example is Yedzbabna, a town in northeast Poland where uh, Jews were brought to a barn and barn was put on fire and Polish research shows that it was done by by Poles. So these things happened and they were very unfortunate. But this term in the legislation is so broad that it would effectively make it difficult to talk about these instances and, and also do further research into such cases. I'm glad you brought up that important history, but the bill didn't occur in a vacuum. Right on on Poland's Independence Day this past November, 60,000 people, including many far-right nationalists, took to the streets in a parade. And many observers worry about the prospect of resurgent anti-Semitism in Poland. Should we be connecting these dots between the legislation and 
November's demonstration. Is this bill further proof of a disregard for Jewish feelings or even a hatred of Jews? Well, where I see the connection is in local, internal Polish politics, and that is the current governing party are, like I said, a right-wing party. There is no real political force to the right of them. Many commentators in Poland suggest that the governing party is afraid of a political force to the right of them coming into play. It seems that the governing party has been pandering to ultra-right-wing nationalists in many different ways. One way in which this is true would be lack of really firm criticism and firm response on the part of the government after that march you're, you're, you're talking about. So I think this is part of that game that they are playing, of course, at the peril of the Jewish community, the Polish-Jewish relations. Uh, now we see also Polish-Israeli relations. We do see some reemergence of anti-Semitism, which goes very much hand-in-hand with very strong anti-Muslim sentiment in Poland, which in turn is part of this large discussion in Europe following the migration crisis of should EU countries accept refugees, most of whom are, of course, Muslim, uh, should we not? And, And this government very much against accepting any refugees. So the right-wing organizations are first and foremost anti-Muslim, but from that sentiment to anti-Semitic sentiments is actually it's a very short bridge. And so we're definitely seeing that. I don't think that the governing party is purposefully playing the anti-Semitic card, but it's popping up and it's most concerning. How has the Polish public reacted to this bill aside from that ultra-nationalist right? So the Polish public in general seems to be in favor because, as I mentioned earlier, the Polish people feel very hurt and outraged by the use of the term Polish concentration camps, and they really want to see that stop completely. At the same time, I'm seeing a lot of commentary from obviously the Jewish community, but that's a different that's uh, that, that, that's a separate story, but from Polish academics and commentators and, and, and journalists and leaders in the, in, of the civic society who are very, very strongly speaking against it, even though actually the law says that the artistic projects and research are exempt from these penalties mentioned in this article, it's still feels to many people like the lines could be blurred between research and, let's say, publicizing research in a newspaper. At which point is it historical research? At which point is it journalism? And at which point will historians have to question themselves and question their own work and question what they put out there not to be accused of defaming Polish nation. So that's the context in which the academic community, scientific community, is speaking against it. Gosha, the bill was condemned here in New York by the New York Times editorial board. It's been criticized across Europe. 
and slammed in Israel. Does the Polish public have an appreciation of the global scrutiny this legislation has prompted? I think maybe the Polish public to some extent is surprised. But I think the crisis that we're seeing right now really started swiftly and snowballed very aggressively. I have to say that I believe that one of the reasons why it snowballed so quickly is a very emotional tweet by a prominent Israeli politician, which actually included the term Polish death camps, and in which he claimed that there were Polish death camps, which of course is not true. And for the Polish public, as I explained earlier, this is just a uh, a red line. You, th- th- this really infuriated the Polish public, and and that sort of started the whole uh, the whole crisis to unravel. And so I think right now the Polish public, on one hand, may feel like, well, maybe this legislation doesn't really make sense. Maybe there are better ways of dealing with it. On the other hand, I fear that the Polish government may be backed into a corner a little bit by this global scrutiny and may not want to back out because they don't want to be seen as backing out as a result of criticism coming from abroad. So um, uh, the public opinion in Poland may now just want to dig in their heels and go through with it. Gosha, thank you so much for your insights and your time. We hope to have you on again soon. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Rabbi Michael Shudrick has served as the chief rabbi of Poland since 2004. During his tenure, he has helped oversee a much-celebrated Jewish renaissance in the country. Rabbi Shudrick, thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you. We just discussed the global reaction to this controversial legislation with Gosha, but the Jewish community you serve has doubtless reacted as well. Can you tell us about Poland's Jewish community? Is it mostly made up of native Poles or is it largely an immigrant population? Actually, I would say entirely native Polish. It is made up of both those people who knew they were Jewish and then many people only discovered their Jewish identity since the fall of communism. And do these Polish Jews feel integrated into today's Poland? You know, when someone discovers that they're Jewish at the age of 17 or 32 or 55, they're Polish already. Is there nevertheless a tension between the Jewish community and the Polish community at large, or has that conflict never materialized? As as always, it's more nuanced than that. There are many non-Jews who are very much adamant against this new law. Just today, a mayor of a major city called me to say, I'm just calling you to tell you, Rabbi, that you know, not all of Poland agrees with this new bad law. So I think what's important to understand here, it's not that 100% of Poland backs this law, but rather it's the government that backs it. And the question is, what are they trying to achieve by the law? In light of the fact that many Polish Jews didn't know that they were Jewish until later in life, Have any of them chosen to support the rising far right in Poland? Less than a handful. So let's talk about the legislation itself. Rabbi Shudrick, can you walk us through this controversial bill? There are three aspects. One is that it will become illegal to say Polish death camps. The fact is, is that Polish death camps is a distortion of history. The Poles did not plan, did not build, did not run Auschwitz, Treblinka, and the other death camps. Therefore, saying Polish death camps 
is a distortion of history. And it, along with that, it's very hurtful for Poles. They don't want to be blamed for creating Auschwitz when they didn't do it. And where many Poles also were sent, non-Jewish Poles were also in Auschwitz. So the second, of course, the vast majority were Jewish, but the second largest group, much smaller, were, were non-Jewish Poles. So therefore, they, 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 it's very hurtful. And, you know, if we want to be in dialogue and if we want to have world relations, it's not only enough for us to insist that the world understand our sensitivities, it's also incumbent upon us, the, the Jewish people, to also be sensitive to other people's sensitivities and to understand what upsets them, what, what is their red button issue, what they don't want to hear. And so it's, it's essential that we understand that this phrase, Polish death camps, is exceedingly hurtful, I would say, across the board in Poland. This is not left-right. This is just, it's just wrong. Now, the question is, if, if you say it, you could be sentenced to three years in prison, there are many people that think that's, you know, a bit excessive or quite excessive. I mean, you don't, for that kind of crime, you don't put a person in jail for three years. So that's the second element. The third element is the second part of the law, which is problematic, and that says that anyone who says a, a, a falsehood, a lie, about the, the participation of Poles in, uh, in the genocide of the Jews and the Holocaust is also liable for criminal punishment. So the first immediate question is, who's going to decide what is true and what is false? What's a lie? Any kind of law passed which is vague in its description of what is a criminal act is by definition a flawed law and needs to be reworked to be able to be more precise. Under the law, someone who implicates the Polish nation in the crimes of World War II risks imprisonment. Polish officials have in the past acknowledged Polish complicity in the Holocaust. Is that something that's going to go away? Okay, well, uh, first of all, you've also heard it from this government. Uh, and again, the ignorance of, of Western jury is sometimes appalling that they're immediately ready to criticize without really knowing all the facts. And this is, and then what happens is that and you have polls on the other side, not all polls, but some polls, who are more than happy then to add fire, you know, uh, oil onto the fire and make it even to a bigger problem. This is a classic situation where the two sides are not listening to each other, and politicians using history for political purposes. In other words, to gain um, popularity among their constituents. And this is true from both sides. So your objection to the law stems from a concern that the prison sentence is unduly harsh? No, no. My, my major criticism is that, how do we know it's not true? The fact that it's three years, by the way, it's not a minimum sentence, it's a maximum sentence, that no one has to really get three years, which is also a political thing to show that we're really going to get the people. What, what needs to happen now is both sides need to take a step back and to try to understand the sensitivity of the other side. The Poles need to understand how sensitive Jews are to anything that slightly smacks of Holocaust denial. On the other side, the Jews also should understand the sensitivity of the Poles. They're getting blamed for something they didn't do. In other words, the Holocaust was planned, run, and executed by the Germans with local collaboration throughout Europe. To what extent there was local collaboration? That's a question for a story, the very essential question. But, you know, we are very aware of what is very painful for us to hear. We are unfortunately often 
unaware or insensitive to what is painful for others to hear. So, for example, the statement that all Poles are anti-Semites, which unfortunately I think all of us have heard for some people, is exceedingly painful because it's just not true. Not all the Germans were anti-Semites. So it's not true that Poles were worse than Germans is a historically inaccurate statement. And so there's a lack of sensitivity from both sides. Rabbi Shudrick, thank you for joining us. We look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you. All the best. This conversation has been a typical one for decades between Poles and American Jews. There's a great deal of reconciliation necessary to bridge the narrative gaps between our two stories. We look forward to working to bring our communities closer together in the years to come. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Sefi Kogan. This episode is brought to you by AJC, the American Jewish Committee. Our producer is Alex Zeldin. Our sound engineer is Scott Reitherman. Tune in next week for another episode of AJC's Passport.